0: Mental matters ain't a simple pattern. We need to have a central chatter. Food for thought, grab a
1: platter. My mental ain't for rental. I'm a central man, and simple. I'm a ripple in the rip, though. I don't wanna sick my ship, so gotta know your mental. Black life is hard, I don't resent though. Feelings really real, we should
0: present those. Talk about it, you should know your mental matters. Your mental matters, mental matters, yeah. What up do Welcome back to the Mental Matters podcast, all about black men, manhood, chick chicken, and all things mental health. Um, here with your co-host. Um, I am Richard, and Jarrell is also in the thing. What's going on, Brody? I'm
1: doing good. I'm still thankful that Richard is uh having me back once again. Yes, <laughs> I got Richard. Why
0: do you, you act <laughs> like I'm the ultimate gatekeeper of this podcast when you created it? I'm just I'm just here, loud and present, just yeah. taking up all the bandwidth on people's uh, cell phones. <laughs> what you
1: talking about, man? No, I've been I've been doing all right though. Been having fun, um, staying out of trouble. Um, my wife has a birthday coming up, so I've been trying to like hide gifts all around the house. So that's been fun.
0: Um, I would ask what you got her, but she would probably listen to this episode and know. So yeah, so don't do her, that.
1: Her, she'll get her gifts on Sunday. So yeah, that might be too much to uh, put out there right now. She, we, might end up, we might end up posting this before Sunday. So, yeah. but uh, <laughs> Our house survived the, uh, the distress that happened in Detroit over the weekend with all the flooding and raining and everything like that. So, I'm just really thankful. Came home to a dry basement. Everybody didn't have that.
0: True. I did not have a dry basement. Let's start there. So, uh, uh, yeah. Now, granted... I will say in the grand scheme of things, it ended up being a lot better because we got only rainwater in our basement Mm -hmm. that just came through the floor drains. Mm -hmm. Some people did not. A lot of my, some of my closer friends actually had their whole basement flood and were back with sewage water and they lost clothes, they lost food, um, Power tools, the whole nine yards. So, yeah. um, a lot of my weekend was spent, you know, just helping out and supporting them at that time and, um, mm-hmm. you know, helping them get back to basics. So, um, for any of our Detroit peeps that are going through the flux with all the flood damage, things of that nature, I do know that there's some resources available to you. Um, we will drop that information in the episode notes for those people that may need um, to submit for some type of damage claims, if you will. I believe there's also federal aid of some sort that's going to be coming forth as well. So be on going to look out for that. We'll share that in the episode notes this episode. So um, other than that, though, on a more positive vibe, uh, it is officially summertime in the D. Um, <laughs> it looks like it's a normal summer because people are actually like leaving their houses again in the midst of, uh, you know, going back to work and things of that nature in which I'm supposed to go back in the next like, you know, 12 to 16 hours, which is ghetto. But, um, you know, that's that's the means of the nature when you, uh, you get paid the little bucks and you do the big job. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, all that being said, I'm thankful. I'm just happy to be present and with everything going on around us, it's, you know, it's heavy, but it's manageable when you got good people around you. So, all that right. it's good to hear. And the best day of the year is coming, July night, ladies and gentlemen. It's all I gotta say, period, done. <laughs> Drop the mic. With that being be said, somebody, I don't know who the guy is, but he he damn good to me. Um, <laughs> with that being said, uh, today is a special day because. Uh, One of the things that we are always about is Black men, Black men empowerment, and just being there for one another, no matter what the situation is. Mm -hmm. And so with that being said, we were able to connect with one of my favorite, I would say, social media influencers, and if not, um, somebody that's really just making a mark when it comes to um, Black men in general, especially, uh, I would say nationally, because everywhere I see this... You know, this platform is one of my favorite platforms that the Black Man Can. Um, one of my, our new cultural cousins and members of the mental matters community, Mr. Brandon Frame, ladies and gentlemen. Thank
2: you so much for uh, having me. You know, um, I'm just uh, I'm honored uh, to, to be a guest and look forward to the, the conversation. I love me some jerk chicken. Um, uh, mental health is important too, uh, to me black men and boys so you know I'm, I'm I'm excited to be here for the conversation and just thank you again for for
0: having me I'm truly honored to be here thank you for being here with us I I often tell Jarrell at times when we are looking at um esteemed colleagues to have on our podcast I'm a I'm a shooter <laughs> I'm like let me let me just shoot and you know no matter I I, I like to think of us all as cultural cousins and at the end of the day I feel as if if you need somebody that's really good at mm-hmm. what they do to help you out, help spread the word, you should just shoot your shot. And the worst thing they can do right. is be like, get your raggedy ass out of here. We don't want to partner with you. So with that <laughs> being said, um, you know, we appreciate you jumping on with us and just getting to a real discussion about, you know, all the things we will discuss today. Um, primarily in terms of just, you know, the the epitome of what we call the black man. And I think that is very, very prevalent in the, in the year of 2021 with everything going on with the pandemic, with the Derek Chauvin case, with um, just a need to be present with one another, fellow black men in the community. So um, I'm excited to have you on. I know we're both giddy to get started with this conversation. But before we do any of that, we have a few things. First and foremost, we want you to talk about you where you are, where you from, you know, and most importantly, before we get into anything about the black man can, why does your mental matters to you? So that's how we'll begin. Yeah, yeah. so Brandon Frame,
2: um, I'm from Connecticut originally, currently live in uh, the Bronx, New York. Um, My mental matters, it's it's just important to uh, be, to have your your sanity and to, to make sure your mental health is at, at peak condition. You can only give uh, from your overflow, you know, that's, or that's where you should give, get give from your overflow, but in order to give from your overflow, you have to have uh, really, really good uh, mental health. Um, but that's also being diligent around taking care of that, nurturing that, um, knowing that um, even when you're not okay, that's okay, it's, it's part of the range of a human emotions um, but what tactics and tools and things can you have in place to, if you find yourself in the valley, get yourself back to the, the mountaintop. So, um, like I said, just me, just a, just a, just a guy, um, just trying to do my part uh, to make a difference in the world. Uh, make my mama proud, pay my bills every month. Um, <laughs> and you know, and then my mental health is important because in order to do
0: that, I have to have uh, strong mental health. Respect given a word snap, but it may destroy the audio. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's that's the that's the root of it. I think that you, um, I think you have a good self-awareness about that. And I think that as black men, I can speak for myself. um I'm trying to get out of the mind frame of generalizing and putting it all in one pot. But I will say just based on my upbringing, things of our nature, and even in the church service, I attended, I've, I've been doing the, whole virtual uh, church service piece that my church has been offering. One of the things that they mentioned is um, starting just understanding like self affirmations and that key affirmation is I matter. As a man, as a black man, sometimes we're so used to giving, providing, doing for others, totally neglecting self, you know, sitting around, not getting the workout in, Mm -hmm. not doing your favorite activities not really saying that they matter to themselves but not really proving it to themselves. You know, they're always trying to be there for the women, for the kids, for the family, but it's like, you no, know, well what about me? I matter. So um for that reason I think your spot only turns when it comes to why your mental matters to you. So man, so we have a lot to talk about um primarily um you know so you are from Connecticut, you said you live in currently live in Bronx, New York. Yeah. Oh man. Tell us. I, I've never been to New York at all, especially the Bronx. So, what is it like? Like, give us some insight. We we are away in Detroit, and you know, what's um, the Bronx like. It's 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 just city living
2: on on a thousand. So you take whatever kind of Detroit is like um, in terms of just living in the city, and like you kind of multiply that by a thousand, you know. So like. You know, it's just always noises. Uh, you know, it's, good. it's always go time. Like once you walk outside your apartment, you know, um, it's go time. Like you, you know, you're 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 moving, you're grooving. You know, you're. Um, but it's also a beautiful place, beautiful people. Um, I love my community uh, where I live. Um, it's mostly uh, all people, all of people of color for the most part where I live. Um, a lot of different nationalities, a lot of different languages spoken. You know the food is amazing because you have every type of uh, nationality here um, and ethnicity. Um, So I mean, there's no place like it. I, you know, I'm not. There's a bunch. I've been all over the country, been to some amazing cities, um, but New York City is 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 a vibe that uh, is unmatched. Um, Maybe uh, often imitated but never duplicated. Um, So uh, I really enjoy. I enjoy living here. I don't know how long I'll be here, but I'm here for now. And um, I'm taking advantage of living in the greatest city in the world.
0: Gotcha. Well, I'll, so you said that it is a heavily black population. So there's is there any presence of like gentrification happening? Because you said it's like Detroit, just like multiplied. I me.
2: Mean, yeah, I think that's happening everywhere. There's no major city that is not experiencing uh, gentrification. You see it here in New York City in different communities um and um uh, is i think is one of those really interesting things um because depending on how you want to look at it from a from a historical perspective it, it's it, it's it's like just the continuation of, of uh, or it's the the byproduct of, of racist practices and racist policies and practices um and then there's like the idea of you know as the upperly mobile black uh, young adult, uh, I probably will want to live in a community that is really diverse. And sometimes what is now a diverse community is because of the gentrification that is also, uh, that has taken place to create um, the the diverse community. So I think it's, it's interesting, you know, as you look at it and you go different places to see it in action, um, the type of community you may want to live in uh, may be that community, but then, you know, do you, do you like, what can, I don't know, you get, you can just, it's a conversation you just have with yourself because you know what type of community you wanna live in, especially if if you live in a city, Um, but then that community could be a gentrified community, but it's also this
0: community that you would actually like to live in and raise your family in. Gotcha, full disclaimer, there's nothing wrong with having a conversation with yourself. If you start answering every so often, hmm, okay, maybe, but there's nothing wrong with talking to yourself. but I'm, it's funny you bring that part up about the gentrification piece and the upper mobility of the areas because one of the things i had a conversation with my wife about um and i think jarrell even we talked about this before the issue yeah. i have with gentrification is when you grow up in that same city you're used to seeing things from a different lens of like survival of like you know trying to make it out if the whole notion of making it out the hood right And Mm -hmm. you start to see that hood being gentrified and recreated if you redeveloped, if you will. So now because of, you know, my own due diligence, because of my ecosystem, I can now afford that gentrification. I can afford, you know, the high cost of groceries. Now I can afford, you know, that nicer car, that house that, you know, used to be run down and only less than $50,000. I can afford that newly renovated house now. So now it's just like, you want to be there for the culture and help out and fight, you know, fight for, you know, black people, you know, taking control of the narrative. Mm-hmm. But you also want to see your hood do better and redevelop itself, right? So that's kind of that issue I have with gentrification. It's just like, yeah, it's uh, kind of <laughs> right. It's like, what side do you lean on? Like, that's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's like my everyday plight. I really try to take I mean. The truth
2: of the matter is that liberation and capitalism don't go hand in hand. So mm. they, they they don't. They're 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 opposing uh, forces. So you know the question is, do you work within the current system to make the changes, break different, break and recreate systems that allow for equity, right? Um, like I said, if you look at gentrification, it is the byproduct of racist policies because to start the idea of what's happening starts with redlining you know 50 60 years redlining is what causes gentrification because it's because of redlining that these communities were created and then because of redlining that creates suburban communities as well that people move to but now people are like oh I want to move back to the city to the same communities that were once shot out and you shot the property value up and now it's valuable, right? When it, before it was marked as unvaluable. So I think, you know, but that's that's like capital, the racist policies, but that's also capitalism. Because for how long have people been trying to make changes in their uh, community um, and improve their community? Um, well, the resources uh, weren't there, but then the resources were given there, but wasn't given to the people that actually live there. Um, and now you know, white folks coming in and you see people walking their dogs and, and, and whatnot. And that's how, you know, you're like, oh, shoot, like the community's changing. Starbucks comes in and some other different type of uh, places. And you're like, okay, you know, um, and but that investment wasn't there prior to only because certain people are moving in that make a certain amount of money. And um, is, that's why I said this, it's a liberation and capitalism, you know, don't go together um, in, in, in any, in any
0: space. Yeah, uh, I think that as long as Jarrell keep making jerk chicken, though, in real life, I can live wherever I'm going to live at. That's just that's just facts. If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, Jarrell is the resident in-house jerk chicken maker.
1: <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> you said,
0: anytime, place, No Janet pun intended. I will chef up these wings and get them to you. No problem. He already agreed to doing that. I'm just waiting for my batch. But that's my obligatory <laughs> statement on jerk chicken for this episode thing. Uh, with that being said, um, let's 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 shift it a little bit differently. So one of these things, I, I see you are multifaceted, and one of the one of my favorite parts about what you do is the Black Man Can. Um, so for those that may have not heard of this, from, which I find it ironic if you haven't, but can you, Brandon, tell us? all about what the Black Man Can is. Probably not the entire thing because we can direct them to the website for their own research, but give the people just a taste of what your platform is all about, how it came about. Yeah, the Black Man
2: Can um, is a nonprofit organization focused on creating and amplifying stories of what Black men and boys can do. We celebrate and (laughs) inspire Black men and boys. It started as a blog um, 11 years ago, uh, April of 2010. I mean, since then, it's just grown to, uh, to this nonprofit and, you know, we have our lifestyle of side of things with the apparel and we have digital content with the Instagram. Um, so, yeah, so we're just um, it's just an organization for, for the people, um, for black men to show, you know, all the different spaces and places that we operate in. Um, it's been a wonderful journey to, to build it um, and learn so many different things along the way um but it's uh but yes yeah, it's, it's really just about us it's about us three right here like you know how do we show all the different uh spaces and places that i walk in and show the contributions that we're making to society um and ultimately that the black man came
0: so why did you so in april of 2010 you, you came up with this concept so like Kind of give us what was life like maybe a year before that, like how did this whole thing build itself into April of twenty ten yeah, I mean um, so
2: the year before that, I mean, I, I guess when I graduated from college in two thousand nine, I went to morehouse college, um and oh, Morehouse man what's popping, yeah <laughs> um and so um uh at the time there was just really Twitter and Facebook. Um, I had been using like this hashtag, like the black man can. I would post stories on, uh, or like links on Twitter, um, like from different positive news stories that I would find and then put like hashtag, you know, the black man can. And then from there I was like, oh, oh man, like this could be a blog. That's really what it was. I'm like, oh, all these stories I'm posting on Twitter, I could Uh, put them all in one place so that people could come and find, like, again, all the contributions that Black men are making and then I could do some interviews with some guys and, you know, highlight the work that guys are doing. And, um, you know, from being at Morehouse and hearing the, the stories of my brothers in terms of their hopes and their dreams and starting a mentoring program on the east side of Atlanta, you know, all these different things kind of came together to form the idea that once you make an observation, you have an obligation so I made an observation that black men and boys need to see positive images of themselves um, and need to have their stories told. And so therefore I had an obligation to create it and you know, just follow those order steps. And I guess that brings us here today you know, so that we can talk about
0: it. Man, that's beautiful. First and foremost, shout out because you, know, you, you, you rarely, with news media and all these things going on around the world, It's always just refreshing to either see a beautiful Black face or, you know, just hear our success stories. And I think that what originally started as a blog for you, um, anytime I've scrolled on social media about any of the things you guys are sharing, it's always something like,
1: oh, damn, we did that too. Damn, look, look, who did that?
0: Black man, (laughs) we did that. That's right. (laughs) Black man, how about that? Uh, So what role did... I wanna, What role did Morehouse, I know you talked a little bit about it, did Morehouse play any type of, um, I guess, significant part in like motivating you to create that? Yeah, I mean, I think Morehouse, the beauty of Morehouse is that it
2: is a college designed and created for Black men. Um, and so I think that through my four years at Morehouse, it helped me um, develop the confidence uh, to know that um, I can... Uh, Pursue excellence with impeccable effort. It let me know that I belong at the table. I could build the table and sit at the table um, and I can lead, lead the table when everybody's sitting there. I'm mean, gonna me the confidence um, that, that I matter, right? <laughs> that you know, I am competent and more than capable of accomplishing the goals and the dreams that I have beside. And so I think that's the biggest thing that Morehouse instilled in me and then other different qualities, like being consistent and being a role model, being a scholar, being a gentleman, um, being well-traveled, well read, well-mannered, like the list goes on, of things that um, it kind of gives you in terms of characteristics um, as you are on your journey to uh, accomplish uh, great things.
0: Awesome. So when do you think that, I, I know with your platform that you think, that you know it's important for, you know, black men to see themselves in their, a successful image. When do you think that that starts for young black men? I um, mean, it starts it starts you
2: know mm-hmm. from at the cradle. You know, um, you know, in terms of you know instilling positive affirmations when you're a little boy to the experiences that you see in terms of your your dad or your community, um, and, and you know, put them in mentoring programs, all these things, and even in school and seeing positive images and being able to show, like, oh, look at all, all the different jobs that Black men are doing. Like, so, like, when, you, when a young man is like, oh, I wanna do this thing, you know, whatever it may be, I wanna be an anchor, I wanna be a, 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 a world renowned podcaster, right? Whatever it may be, I know Black men who have done those things and I'm able, I can pick up a book and, you know, see um, you know, their journey or steps that they took. So ultimately for each generation, whatever it took, if it took me 20 steps, I should be able to, somebody else should come behind me and be able to do it in 10, you know? Um, so I think it, it starts as, as early as, as possible. Um, again, from the cradle, you know, um, in terms of highlighting and showing like positive images and narratives, um, the, the the confidence that's needed uh, in order to, to be successful in a world that, you um, is not fully
0: designed for you, so. Facts. You know, it's, it's crazy you said that because um, just growing up, you know, in the inner city, one of the things that I wish that I seen more of were would be uh, black engineers. Um, uh, granted, I eventually found my way, but I think early on, like, you know, coming through high school even, you know, one of the things that I naturally saw was, you know, I went to, you know, a couple of inner city schools in the city of Detroit. And then because of crime and crap like that, my mom was like, oh, no, we got to get you out of here now. And So that image changed for me going to a very, very white high school out in Farmington. And for it was that, you didn't see any more black faces. You didn't see those type of things. So anytime I actually seen, you know, black men being successful and doing something well was at the barbershop, you know what I'm saying? So my whole thought process in the high school was, oh, I can own a bunch of barbershops in the hood. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Grant, There is nothing wrong with doing that. But that's the only image of black success that I've seen because of the environment I was in, you know what I'm saying? So you know, I'm thankful one for social media because social media really gives us a lot of range in terms of, you know, different things that you, you'll you see in society. Um, but when you have, when you curate content such as your web, such as a website, uh, such as the mentoring program, you guys, um, you talked about, um, I mean, you just repeatedly see that level of success in your face, it's just like, or even images of black dads. That's one of the things I really, I was like, wow, Like, it's really cool, I think, as an aspiring father, if you will, to see, you know, Black fathers being successful at it to a degree of, like, you know, enjoying fatherhood. It's just like, okay, I can see myself doing that one day. Not tomorrow, (laughs) but definitely one day. Um, I think, too, I think sometimes we have
2: to acknowledge the... The historical significance of some of the things that we're talking about too right so like um i mean i don't know i mean so i'm asking are you are you both first generation college students or or are you second generation or third generation college students
0: um i am um in terms of you know as far as being a male in my family to graduate from college was one of the first ones to ever do so everybody else was either just learned the job really well and prosper from there
2: yeah
0: yeah for me um my daddy has a associate degree but as far as you know four-year degree you know i am the first in my family.
2: and then how old are you two
0: i'm 30 i'll be 32 in like a week and a half
2: you're <laughs> 33 so we're in the same generation you know we would have been in college together we've been in high school together right so like, mm-hmm. just, let's just put that in perspective of the fact that if you look at it from a historical lens in terms of opportunities for black and brown people in the United States, and you think about full access to what we may, what one may call the American dream, right? In terms of Mm -hmm. uh, policies not still holding us back, but giving us a little bit more opportunity, right? That really doesn't happen until the 1960s, right? That's actually our parents. Right? right. So think about that. Right. So like sometimes when you hear it, like when I think about for like when you say you're first generation, like, and I am, I, I, I am as well. Right. It's like, well, that would make, that would make sense that, that you are and then your kids will continue that on because your parents, our parents were almost pretty much born um, at the time in which they actually had opportunity, but they still had to go through different barriers of of entry to do things that there's things that they had to experience that we did not have to experience simply due to how things have changed over time, right? So I think sometimes it it, it represents like exactly not where we're supposed to be um, um, because it's policies and legislation that led to the fact that we didn't have access uh, to opportunity, but based off when policies were enacted and things were taking place, it should be that, right, where where we are as college graduates, and guess what? You know, our kids, like, that's gonna be the things that we experienced or thought through or wondered about, they not, that's not even gonna be a thing, right? Just like what our parents went through, like, that wasn't a thing for us, right? Because mm-hmm. they provide what they went through. So I think sometimes, you know, we gotta add that historical, you know, lens, um, so, And like I said, we're supposed to be where we are, but like, you know, when I hear people talking about wealth building and and all that stuff, like our parents, like just to the black engineer piece, like our parents didn't really have an opportunity to to access uh, those jobs and education wasn't done in a way to give them access to that and to learn some of those things. So the numbers were low, but it, it keeps getting more and more and more and more. We're starting to see more of us in more roles And more opportunities. And and we just got to make sure we continue to break down those barriers like those before us did um, so that we can have
0: these opportunities. What role do you think that mental health plays in that? So we we talked about shifting the culture and shifting generations forward. You know, it's kind of the ball's kind of in our court to, you know, just set the play, if you will, for our future generations. But like, what role do you think mental health played? leading to our generation, and then coming out of the generation to the next wave. I mean, mental health
2: is, um, the, is essential. It's vital. It is a lifeline uh, to do that, because at the end of the day, life is challenging, right? But life is hard. It is not no easy thing to um, wake up every day, go to work, find your passion, uh, what you love to do, develop the skills necessary to be successful at it, to make the ways that you wanna make, hang out with your friends, raise a family, take care of your wife. Like, I mean, like, right, you know what i saying? Like, that is a lot of stuff right there, right? So Whew. like, um, it's important to have strong mental health so that you can tackle all of the obstacles um, or more so challenges that'll come up in each one of those areas. Um, because in order to to be, to, to do it, right, you you ideally wanna show up your best self in each one of those areas, that's also really taxing on on your body, right? And so your mental health is going to be something that is essential to be able to overcome all the challenges um, and do them at a very high level on a consistent basis. Um, And so that comes from developing strong uh, mental health, um, how to cope with different setbacks um, and different obstacles so that you can in, in turn your stumbling blocks into stepping stones you know but that's where mental health plays a role to make sure that, that that happens and you can uh you know move forward with precision um in terms of the things that you're trying to accomplish
0: It oh, was definitely um uh, it's funny because i was just having this conversation i think even uh, with jarrell and some of my other uh, close family members about, you know, what it took ultimately to get to this current point in my, life, in my current life and, like, what are some of the hurdles like and obstacles in the way that, like, you know, if I reacted how um, the world expected me to act, would I still be in this current predicament or current situation? Um, and I think, like you mentioned, that vital tool, that vital component that you need to have is proper mental health. Um, because <laughs> I think we've all at some point in our lives been through that one situation with somebody that didn't look like us. And you were just like, man, God damn, you say one more, you say one more word, one, one more word. I'm going to do it for the culture. I'm going to knock you out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you know, it, it really takes, when they say knowledge is power you know when you hear that phrase when you think of certain things like for me you know the the new federal holiday which should have always been a federal holiday at some point in the time of Juneteenth for me that was kind of a refreshing reminder of you know only the shackles of slavery and the the, the power like you I mean the powers that be if you will held us back from true greatness and now that I would say here in 2021, you just see from, you know, <laughs> Tokyo Olympics about to be just black as possible. Um, just the level of doctors, lawyers, engineers, et cetera, coming out of college these days, um, people that are creating, people that are breaking barriers at their workplaces, you know, it's all, you. you, you kind of think at some point in time, like, I always wonder like, what did they mentally go through to get to this point? I know it was some form of the same thing I went through, but like, what did that, I'm always curious to know like, what did that look like for everybody? Because I know we got our own stories. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, to me, that intrigues me. That actually inspires me to be like, okay, it's it's good to know that I'm not alone in in this walk I'm taking, but I'm also know that my walk is not done. And so I, I guess I ask, say that to ask you, you know, when it comes to I know you, you, I believe you have another platform, something that you're doing. I think I know I read it um, in your bio, things of that nature. But um, when it comes to the black man can, if you will, like, what does that what do you think that, that looks like um, in five years, 10 years for you know, for the culture? even.
2: Um. You know, I think that our, the millennial generation into Gen Z um, is, is just moving in a, it's, it's moving in the right direction, you know, like um, sometimes it may not seem that way because of the media that we do consume on, on too much in terms of negative uh, media stories. Um, But I, I feel really confident, optimistic about Um, where society is heading in terms of the idea of self-care, mental health, um, uh, raising families and, you know, being able to activate your voice to turn activism, turn frustration into activism um, and, you know, make a difference in the community. Um, I think I just feel really confident and excited. About the direction that it, society is heading, um, and that's just some of the spaces and places that I that I sit in. Um, are there definitely still lots of systems that need to be broken, policies that need to be done away with, um, and and for true equity to happen, so that everybody truly has a fair shot at whatever it is that they want to do in life? I think so, but I I, I do feel. Um, Optimistic about the direction that everybody's that the, that the world is heading in, um, in many ways to allow for that to, to be the case. Um, is, is it a challenging road? Yes. Is it filled with bumps and you know you're gonna fall and you know ultimately you know some of the work right. Um, something that I've come to terms with is that there's things that I want and there's things that I believe in and things that I'm fighting for um, and issues that I believe um, are important. And some of the work, it, it may not happen while I'm alive, right? Like it's, it's, it's something to, to wrestle with and come to the conclusion that I'm going to do this, but like maybe the change that I actually want to see is not going to happen in my lifetime, right? And if, But if I'm building up people in the right way, um, and if I'm working with the right people, um, and also working with the next generation as well. It, it may happen in, in, my, in my child's uh, lifetime, but I'll know that I you know was able to play a role um, in one of the, I don't know uh, one of the people that like, you know, in the annals of history will say, you know, this guy was a part of that movement or a part of this. Uh, did they actually see it? happen. And I, I guess a perfect example of that is like Juneteenth, right? Becoming a federal holiday. So now you, you can sit and argue around, okay, well we're asking for this and we're asking for that. We're asking for this, but guess what? At some point, a long time ago, people wanted to create this a federal holiday, right? When I was looking at the, the story and I, I think her name was o- Opal. I think the lady that um, was there and like, she's in her nineties from Texas, like she's been fighting for this, you know, like the whole, like, some point she 60 70 years ago she's like this is something that's important we need this and here here it is like 60 70 years later she got she did get to see it um, in, in her lifetime um, and and some of the things that we're still fighting for it, it might not happen but that doesn't mean we stop um, it doesn't mean that we give up we still keep pushing forward um, and we keep laying the groundwork uh, for others to follow uh, in those footsteps to make it happen
0: you know, so no doubt. You you brought some gems and I'm pretty sure we can go in the next five hours, but it's not what we're gonna do today. Um <laughs> you know, so you, you, you talked a lot about you know the empowerment piece and you know self-care things of that nature, but when it comes to you as an individual, like what are some things that you do to maintain your own peace of mind for your self-care and free mental health? Um,
2: what do I do. Um, I try and uh, I do try to find the moments to just relax and, and unplug. They don't come as often as they probably should, but I, I try to, to do that. I have this um, thing, I call it a happy folder. And, um, and it is uh, one thing that's in it is like my bio from like the first ever bio I ever wrote for myself upwards to like now. And so sometimes I go back and read it, so I get to see like my growth, right, and like how, how much I've changed and things that I've done. Um, letters that come from people, some Instagram direct messages from people around the impact of the Black man can. So I had this folder so that when I find myself in a in a low place or you know discouraged um, or anxiety sets in, I can go to this folder and it will help me. Um, I get back to the mountaintop. Get back to my happy place. Get back to my optimistic self, so that I can keep pushing forward um, on on the journey, on the mission that that God has me set forth on. So I think that's that's one thing I do. Um, and there's some other things I want to try and do more. I definitely want to try to take a few more like trips. Actually, like like plan out of vacation. I'm I'm really bad at stuff like that. Um, I think that it would it would do wonders for me to uh, to do stuff like that um in terms of just for just creativity and rest um so i need to do a little bit more there but i, I definitely have my happy fold i definitely go to the gym um which is uh, uh, obviously it's just for it's for health and wealth but it also gives me a space to think about things um i also do some running um that also allows for me to um think uh, openly and freely about different things in the world and stuff and so sometimes my best ideas may happen in those moments so uh, that's just a little bit of what I do. And then it's like, again, there's still a lot more work that I need to do to, to create more opportunities and spaces for me to, um, uh, to to be fulfilled so that I can get from my overflow. Nice.
0: Hmm. Okay. So I think that, one, I definitely think that I need to come to the Bronx to kick it because... Yeah, I need I need to see what they call it the boogie down I need to see the Bronx. Yeah, man, come to the Bronx. Man, I,
2: I got a few restaurants we could go to. We can and we can go down to Manhattan check out Manhattan Central Park. You know, like there's like if you've never been to New York City, you gotta do some of the, the ba- you gotta start with some of the basic tourist things. Like it's just what it is, right? You gotta go to Times Square. You gotta hit Central Park, Brooklyn Bridge. You know, um, and then we can get into some more unique things. You know, but you definitely want to hit the tourist thing, get the flick. You know at all the different really cool spots that like if we go to New York everybody's been there, you know, so
0: yeah. Concrete jungle where things are where big dreams are made of, ladies and gentlemen.
1: <laughs> I had a question. I
0: think, uh, I, think just... about, I also think of
2: uh, the power intro, you know, Bo- both both those things are real, right? The big apple. <laughs> where dreams are made of, but it's also the place where, you know, it's, it's the big rich town, but I come from the, the the coldest part, right? So like, those things are, those things happen at the same
0: time, you know? Mm. I love me some power. I'm ready for this next chapter. <laughs> I, I did have a question, I
1: um, know on the blackmancan.org, you know, it's written in, in the story that it says, uh, we're here to show the world that a positive image is not always about being polished, but it is more so about being intentional. Um, is there ever a time where I guess intention, intentions must meet the, the us being polished or is it always going to be, you know, intentions over being polished? Is it kind of like, you know, just do it um, and then, you know, get better as you're doing it. Or I, I guess what is the thought behind
2: that? Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's, it, it's about uh, just being intentional about, moving forward with who you are and your skills and your ability, your goals, right? It's like, it's a gradual process to get better every single day. Um, Because at the name of the game, like, yes, um, you know, I think you go to school, you get your bachelor's degree, you get a master's degree, you get a doctoral degree. Um, But even with all that, it still comes down to like skills, right? And like, you know, what type of thinker are you, right? Can you solve... one One of the most important things that you can do or be able to do is solve problems. You can't get a job if you, what if the, your ability to solve problems and at what level you can solve problems usually will dictate what type of, where, where you fall in the realm of like jobs and, and whatnot. It's like, what what type of problems can you solve? Like how, how and like what for me, what I find an education um, and there's more work we got to do with this, especially through the K through 12 piece, but like going to college, um, helps you think a certain way like depending on what you decide to major in like it's, it's really about building the critical thinking skills to be able to think through and solve problems right um because there's so many so many complex problems in the world you can also get that through work experience right as well um, but that's what it's really about right and so what are your skills that align to the problem that you can solve in the world that'll dictate what type of job you get
0: I didn't think about it that way before. It's funny because I often tell people about the importance of intentionality. And I would like to just give kudos to intentionality throughout my whole life because (laughs) one of the things that I think that I personally struggle with is imposter syndrome of being polished. Like, you know... The do's and don'ts of the workplace, the things you probably shouldn't say in board meetings, you know, it's stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I remember at one point in time, I was always on um, the person with the uh, brush waves, et cetera. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, I can't deviate from this. I need to get a haircut. Then I was mm-hmm. like, but what if I grew my hair off, though? You know what I'm saying? Granted, you know, there's that whole stereotypical thing about, you know, the way a black man's supposed to present themselves, as far as like, you always gotta keep a clean cut. It's like, there's nothing in the bureau book that said we can't we'll grow our hair out. Right. And so, the first opportunity I took, I was like, let me go. I'm gonna grow my hair out and see what happened. <laughs> I had no intention, no intentionality of what I was gonna do with my hair, but I knew I was going to be intentional in terms of quote unquote proving a point, being that no matter how wild how wild my hair looks or my you know background things of that nature i can make a difference no matter where i go and i'll prove that to anybody mm-hmm. i did that in interviews ever since then i do that with my current job and it's just like i mean some part of it is the more polished you are it is great i think after you establish yourself within your intentionality and you kind of set your feet on terms of where you know you are you can polish that up some. So when you step out, it's not just like an Adidas flip-flop. You, you start to step out. You, it's like those, uh, what's that? On those Instagram videos and TikTok videos of how like, you know, I think it was that bust around to touch it. And like, you know, they start off with like some sweatpants on, et cetera. And then the beat drop and the next thing you know, it's like suits and slacks. It's like, whoa. Whoa! You know, I, I, I think of what you just asked, Jarrell, in terms of that, in terms of you know your level of polishness versus your intentionality. And it's just like I can be extremely intentional, but not forget that polished part. It's like, oh, are oh, you are oh, you you clean up different? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I think they're equally important, but you know I think it off in, in the in the words of. One of my favorite artists' salon, she said, and one of the things like interlude, it wasn't even a song. Say, do nothing without intention. And I've been living by that since the day I heard it. So yeah, Um, man, this has been real deep. But (laughs) I have something to lighten the mood. It's my favorite thing. Never we have people join our community, we like to jump them in and not literally in the literal sense, but. I have a lightning round for you. This is anything that I think is a question. You just got to answer. If you're down, we can do this. But, you know, if you're not down, you're not, you might be scared or something. You know, I don't know. <laughs> so, I will put, in fact, Jarrell, I will have you put 60 seconds on the clock and then... I'm going to ask whatever comes to my brain that people want to know. Drill, when you let me know, you ready? All right, that's what I'm about to do. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to know my crazy ways, man. You know, crazy. All right, I'm ready. You ready? You give me the cue yep. to start. That's when I go. Start. Your favorite holiday food to eat. Uh, macaroni and cheese. Your favorite holiday food to cook. Jerk barbecue chicken. My dog. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> your favorite outfit to wear in public. I don't even got one, bro.
2: Like, I'm, I'm my fashion sense is now. Nah, I guess we'll just throw on a suit, you know.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Facts. um. Favorite pair of gym shoes?
2: Uh, I guess Nike. I guess Nikes. You know. What kind of Nikes? Uh, or like uh, some running sneakers.
0: Okay. Favorite pair of Jordans? All time. Mm, Space jams. Space jams. Nice. Uh, favorite movie?
2: Uh, shoot. This is such an interesting question, but we'll just go with uh, uh. We'll go over there do it. With, uh, it's
0: so, oh, we're oh, loving basketball. Um. <laughs> <laughs> the last question I was going to ask, and I'm going to ask it anyway, if you had to highlight your best feature and your feature you want to work on for yourself, what would those be you, respectfully?
2: Uh, I don't know. I think I got a nice smile. That's what I would, I would like to say. And something I want to work on is... Um, I wish I, wish I I don't know, I wish I was taller, you yeah, know, I don't know if I, I don't think I could work on that, but you know, I wish I. How tall are you?
0: Six feet. I wish I was like 6'3". Aw, you trying to be a point guard for the the uh, uh, Brooklyn Nets, man, what you trying to do, man? I think height, man, 6'3 <laughs> six, six, is like the perfect height. Okay. Fair. I'm nowhere near the perfect height. I am a solid 5'9 and short as hell, <laughs> so is what it is. Uh, <laughs> Brandon, my brother, we we love you, man. We appreciate you hopping on this uh on this lovely thing we created called the Mental Matters Podcast, man.
2: Thank you for having me. It's an honor and a pleasure. Make sure we stay connected. If I hit if I hit the D town, you know, I definitely uh, let you know. And if you come to the city, please, you know, make sure you you, you link up. Let me know so we can connect. And um, but I, I I appreciate the opportunity to build with you, brothers. This is uh when people ask me what's been the best thing about the Blue Man Can, and uh, one of the best things is this, right? I get to connect with brothers all over um, and build and build brotherhood, um, foster positive self identity, uh, uh, create spaces for vulnerability, and, and that's 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 like that's what uh, something that makes me happy and makes continues me um, along this journey. No doubt, I
0: appreciate you, man. It's always humbling to be like we appreciate you every like. Uh, (laughs) if people want to reach out to you or learn more about the black man can how can people find you and reach you
2: yeah yeah um the uh instagram twitter is at the black man can um on our website there's different forms you can fill out if you want to volunteer you want to donate our e-commerce store is coming back um, in september Uh, so Stay tuned for that. You cop the gear. Um, we got some. We got a. We got a dope, really dope product that we're about to bring to market as well that I think you brothers would appreciate. So it, it'll be coming out. So I'll, I'll let you know. You know, and uh, maybe you guys could share it with your network and stuff. So you know, we just trying to you continue to, uh, like I said, create amplified stories of what black men and boys can do.
0: Create tools that help black men help the black man can. You know, so, yeah. definitely. I'm actually mad because. I think at one time y'all shared the merch online and I was like, man, I'm about to order this today. And then it was either sold out, which is a highly probability, or you didn't have it in the 3X. And I was like, man, you should have it in the 3X. And then I realized I need to work my way down to a 2X. <laughs> That's the issue here. Got to ship the mindset, man. But um, with that being said, um, that makes another episode of the Mental Matters Podcast. Um, Right in time for the summertime. Um, Make sure you get caught up with all of our previous episodes, including this one, um, at mentalmatterspod.com. You can find us on SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and different places of that nature. We're on all social media platforms Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, now TikTok. Yeah, we gave in. (laughs) Find us on TikTok, the latest and greatest and I'm going to be sharing Jarrell uh jerk chicken recipe probably not but I'm going to eat it in y'all face because that's what I do <laughs> and with that being said we love y'all stay up keep your mental good and we will talk to y'all later Bye. bye